You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Inside Healthcare. I'm Matt Brock, Communications Director here at NCQA. And today we have a very special guest, very excited to have this conversation with Sherry Davidson. She's a benefits manager for the city of Alexandria, Virginia. Been there nearly a couple of years and um, is working on quality and cost and uh, a lot of things that have to do with health care for city employees. So welcome, Sherry. Glad Thank you're you very here. much. I'm thrilled to be here. For those who are listening, you know, because this podcast airs, you could say internationally, but around the country, uh, tell folks a little bit about the city of Alexandria, people who don't live here in the Washington metro area. Sure. Well, the city of Alexandria is right outside of Washington, D.C., one of the closest suburbs, and it's uh, a wonderful mid-sized city, one of the best in the country for veterans, and we have a lot of uh, wonderful places to eat right on the water, and it's uh, one of the best cities in the country. So it's an honor, really, to, to work there and to be a part of their uh, their group of employees. Their claim to fame is, is really history. George Washington was, of course, a resident sometimes, and his uh, home, Mount Vernon, is just down the road. But it is not a small, sleepy town. It is... A big city, and it has employees. How many? Yes, we have 2,500 city employees, and uh, that doesn't include the public school system, so that's a 1,000 or more additionally. Wow, that's a lot of folks, and that include police officers, I believe? Yes, police, fire, sheriff, uh, the folks that help fix the potholes, you know, Uh general services. Public works, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what is your role? I kind of tried to describe it, but I'm sure I didn't do it any justice. Oh, sure. Um, (laughs) I'm benefits manager so but that includes the the medical dental and vision life insurance long-term disability as well as the well-being programs so Mm -hmm. uh, which we have been expanding dramatically over the last couple of years tell me a little bit about what your priorities are for 2019 and what you think they will be for 2020 Sure, sure. So um, I joined in 2018, mm-hmm. right? But we have a fiscal year. So our open enrollment is in May for July 1st, which is refreshing for uh, having been 30 years uh, doing January 1st enrollment. And mm-hmm. most of the companies do it then. So there's a lot of pressure and time. Uh, but we, we do open enrollment in May and I got there in June. So right after everything had already been decided and, and we were heading towards the, the beginning of the year. So I had a brand new year to work with, and the priorities that I've been focusing on are getting rid of a lot of the administrivia we were doing. So everything was manual. Everybody had to enroll in with huge mm. pieces of paper, and everything had to be keyed afterwards. And so in order to help us get to a place where we could be much more value-added, we tried. We, we went all online for open enrollment, and we b- were encouraging people to use the tools that we made available. We use Jelly Vision's Alex Decision Support Tool, so we got people to go on to that in numbers like they had never done before. Before you go on, tell me how that works. Well, this is great. Not mm-hmm. only is its name Alex, which is coincidental, we mm-hmm. don't tell people that, but mm-hmm. its name is Alex, and so it's a decision support tool where employees can go in and put in some information about their claims, and it'll help them decide which medical plan to, to choose. 
and also how much to put in an FSA or a health savings account. And so what I did this past year is I focused a lot on communication. These, these plans have been in place for many years that they offer. We have two health plans, Kaiser and United, and I really wanted to get out and have the conversation with employees and also create communication materials that, that helped them get the most out of the plan that they could. So we focused on which plan makes sense for you. So we went out, we did the math. We showed people, you know, if you choose Kaiser, it's less expensive for the same plan design as United because they have a much, you know, they have a tight network in the, the their staff model, their owned doctors. Mm-hmm. And then we also tried to encourage people to opt down if they were in a plan with an out-of-network and they weren't using the out-of-network, they could save a lot of money by going uh, just to the in-network providers. And then also to move to this our consumer-directed health plan, which we just offered a couple of years ago, which could save them a lot of money. They could put the money aside in the health savings account, save for the future. And so it was all about communication. Which plan makes the most sense for you? It is a benefit for employees, just Alex, because yes. it's a confusing issue mm-hmm. for most folks. They're not the folks like us who work in this business, right? Well, people say that they'd rather go to the dentist than do open enrollment. And so I, I don't understand that because I really don't love the dentist. But it, it, So we had to bring it to the employees this year. We created a brand new enrollment guide so that they had all the answers to the questions they usually ask right there online with links to all the providers, the link right to the Alex tool. And they had the math in front of them that said just, you know, intuitively this makes sense, but now do it specifically for you. But it is the concern or the priorities, I presume, for you is not just uh, saving them money or finding the right cost. It's finding good care for them, correct? Absolutely. So that the first thing is pick the right plan. And now that you're in the plan, what are you in? Mm-hmm. So we, we spent uh, a lot of time communicating some of the resources that our health plans offer that employees don't take enough advantage of. Mm-hmm. So all of the clinical support tools, uh, you know, how to make sure that you're getting the right care if you have a chronic disease or if you are struggling with, with uh, different issues. Um, and additionally, we were focusing on how to make sure you choose the right provider. And uh, this, this was under the umbrella of becoming a better consumer, but additionally, how do you improve the quality and cost of your care? So employees didn't know that United, for example, provides information on their premier providers right on their website. So we explained that in this year's open enrollment materials. So for instance, we promoted the United Premium um, Health Providers, where if you have two hearts two blue hearts, it means you're high quality, cost efficient provider. Mm -hmm. And if you have one heart, it's high quality and not cost effective. And if you had no hearts, then it wasn't high quality or cost efficient. So we made sure we explained to employees, look for those two blue hearts, avoid the doctors that have no blue hearts. Uh And um, to make sure that that when they are looking for a new healthcare provider, right now, when you pull up the health plan website, they prioritize that for you. So right Mm -hmm. at the top are the two blue 
providers and two heart, two blue heart providers. And so that was exciting to be able to tell employees. And now, since I've been there over a year, we got our data, which shows that employees that use those premium providers have lower net paid costs, fewer ER visits, shorter inpatient stays. It works. So those are the kinds of things we're going to continue to promote because that, that helps employees with money. and, and Helping your employees make good choices is exactly. essentially what it is, that's right? That's what Alex does, and that's what these other resources And that's what you're trying to encourage. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling I know what you're going to answer here, but what do you see as the biggest challenge sort of facing employers and employees in ensuring that you know they have access like this to quality care? I think the the biggest barrier is the employee themselves thinking they already have a great doctor. Oh, my doctor is great. It has good magazines in the in the in, you know the 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 stars on the quality side um, that the employees think of is not what NCQA is is measuring. Mm-hmm. So the quality to them means a good bedside matter. They get the manner. They get the the uh, prescription they want. But is that doctor really providing evidence-based medicine? Are they doing it in a cost-effective way? Are they referring them to the right set of specialists at the right time? The, the employees don't know. And so they, I, I used to offer in a, in a past life the second opinion program, which said you can see a Harvard doctor if you are concerned about your, your care. But so few people utilized it because they said, oh, you know, I have a great doctor already, and, oh, I don't want to make my doctor mad by going to, to seek somebody else's. And that that's the key. The employees don't realize that somebody has to be a no blue star provider, you mm-hmm. know, and they, they don't know right now whether or not the provider is, is providing evidence. And you could care. be going to the same doctor for 15 years and not know mm-hmm. that. Now, this, the doctor next door has two hearts. Uh, exactly. <laughs> or two blue hearts. The, and... the same thing with dentists. You go to your dentist for 35 years, but they don't have the newest technology. So mm-hmm. do is that what you really want to be doing at this point where, where things continue to improve? And so who awards the blue hearts? Is it united in their own, within their own network? They identify high quality? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right now, United is doing that. And so the, so then it sounds like the biggest challenge is exactly what I thought you were going to say, which was guiding folks to review the whole package, to really look at the whole thing. Yes. And, and that's exactly what we encourage them to do this year. Uh, you know, last year I could see after open enrollment, right, I joined right then, mm-hmm. nobody switched plans. Twelve people in the whole company changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to make sure people took a look, that they they took the time, you know, more time than deciding what television program you're going to watch tonight mm-hmm. to choose the medical plan that you're going to have for the next year. And the, the tools that are being, that are provided to help them do it in a, in a smart way. So let's talk about quality, because as you know, that is what we're here about mm-hmm. at NCQA. Uh, it's what we're all about. So what is it that you have done? I mean, you've chosen this United program that identifies quality doctors, and that's, that's something. Are there some other things that you have done in, this, in the city to improve the quality of care for your employees? Are there other things you're looking out for? Yes, absolutely. So as I mentioned, we've been focusing on well-being as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the most important things we were doing was promoting what is preventive care to make sure that employees got the proper quality care. 
um, and that they're taking care of things before they get worse, you know, down the line. Additionally, focusing on trying to get people to go to primary care physicians. And, you know, so those were two things that we now are rewarding employees with under our, our well-being program. We launched um, a brand new program, which for the first time is going to provide incentives from your pay, you know, a $50 per month reduction in your medical costs if you reach certain levels on our new program. And we're promoting things beyond just physical wellness. We're promoting emotional well-being, financial well-being, purpose at work, and really trying to, to do all of those things to help employees live a higher quality life. And, uh, you know, what we've identified with that data is that stress is our biggest issue, uh, weight management as well. And so those are two things that we implemented using our two carriers and evidence-based medicine and the best types of programs to support them with those types of initiatives. I could see how stress uh, is a big one, not because Alexandria is really any different from the rest of Washington, but you know, a doctor told me once that, or a dentist told me once, that guards, mouth guards for sleeping at night are proportionally way higher in the Washington area than anywhere else in the country because of stress. So we're, we're kind of a fast-paced business-oriented, achievement-oriented city. So I could see how that would. Absolutely. And our data showed that absolutely not a single employee in the city had a low risk for stress. Everyone was moderate or high. Mm. You know, that was the one place where it's like, okay, not even the person in charge of wellness or well-being is not stressed. And this is certainly an indication that you all have have identified and used data to identify the pressure points for your employees and for the city. Data is really important, isn't it? Data is essential. If, if you aren't looking at your data to figure out what it is your employees' needs are, where, where you should be spending your time, how to prioritize, uh, you know, you're going to miss the mark. There's so many opportunities to spend your time, you know, chasing some sort of initiative. But if the data isn't helping you, then you're nowhere. We want folks to be on top of taking just a little extra time. And we offer resources. It sounds like you offer your employees a lot of resources to do that. It's just getting them to understand that quality is really as important as the cost. It's different from everything else commercial that people buy in healthcare. They just don't look at that. I agree. And it, it is essential. And, and so if you actually have to go person to person to have that conversation. In fact, you know, we have two plans at Kaiser and one is richer than the other. And I encourage people to go to that less rich plan because of the math that is associated with it. But the key there is getting people to think about it, mm-hmm. really to, to, to make those decisions based on all of the information. And I'll have a conversation one-on-one. We'll email this group of people if that makes sense. And um, it's helpful. We, we, can, we can use our, our team of HR liaisons in the field to help promote it, our wellness champions that we've been uh, creating over the last year. It, it, the, the discussion is necessary because people don't always read or, or want to take action right. any given year. Right. So you use data to make these decisions, some of these decisions to improve care and where you're improving them. 
I imagine, and you've already told us a little bit, you're seeing results. You're using data <laughs> to gauge results. Give us one more time the sort of flash uh, report about how things are going, that you see an improvement already. Yes, we do see an improvement. As I mentioned, we've been increasing the number of people using those premium providers. We've been increasing the folks that participate in these um, uh, resources, the clinical resources that United provides. We had um, over 100 people join our weight loss program in the first few months, um, which we supported with, um, with United. And um, we're seeing that our claims, that we, we, our catastrophic claims came down significantly last year. Now that sometimes is the luck of the draw, but if you can keep people moving down in terms of the number of risks, then we hope to be able to keep people from having those t- sorts of claims in the future. And just beyond that, you do good. You're doing well, right? You're you're helping people live better lives. There's no question. The um, the stories we're hearing about the well-being program mm-hmm. is really changing the culture. Um, we have people who are biking to work or walking to work for the first time. People who have lost lots of weight. People who didn't realize they were a champion and are loving this. Um, you know, we were we were hoping to get to forty percent. Uh, participation by the end of the year, and we're already closing in on 45%. Mm. So it's really, it's resonated with people. And they're, they're working together, they're creating teams, they're, ter- they're creating walking clubs. And that, that really is what we were hoping to accomplish. As a communicator, I know how that feels when, when the message lands. There's such satisfaction in that. It actually landed. They're listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's change gears a little bit. I wanted to talk to you about the role of the employer, the role of the benefits manager. And what do you think you would like uh, to help you do your job better and improve the health uh, of your employees? Well, I think that um, more information that supports these premium providers or the programs we've been doing, that, that the clinical support that a health insurance company can provide does help you improve the quality, things that just support that initiative to understand what quality really is, that it's not the bedside manner or whether or not you get a prescription, really trying to explain to employees why this matters you know, what the what's in it for them, that would be really helpful. Um, people don't understand this. And even experts don't understand what where that, that definition is. So to be able to provide that, to reinforce the communication we're already doing, that I think that would be very valuable. To have outside organizations promote these sort of initiatives yeah. or yeah. So folks my, like us maybe? Right. My thing is a one-pager uh-huh. because that's about as much attention span as we get You're on gonna these get, topics. Right. right. So the one-pager on why this should matter, why you should be focusing on this, that from an external perspective, it's not your doctor, it's not your health plan, it's somebody that spends all their energy you know, with this data and with, with these initiatives that to me would be helpful to just reinforce the, the, the work that we're doing. And the final question for today's podcast, five years from now, let's look ahead. In your opinion, what will have changed in healthcare and what would you like to change? Let's do it two different ways. First, what do you think will happen? Sure. I mean, I wish I could say that there would be huge transformation, but 
I don't think there will be. I think it'll be incremental, and I think we'll continue to see technology helping to make connections in the the world, which is so fragmented. And, uh, you know, I think that that we can support the technology that's out there, things like getting doctors to know the cost of prescriptions Mm -hmm. before they prescribe them so they know their patient will pick up the prescription. Um, ways to continue to manage employees to, to make the broader health plans look more like a Kaiser, let's mm-hmm. say. So I think we're going to see incremental changes that way. Hopefully, uh, we'll find a way to keep costs um, from going up at, at uh, twice CPI. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 just, I just see us continuing to go in the direction we've been going. Hopefully, more people will have a primary care physician and more people will be managed uh, more holistically, but uh, I don't see us totally changing the, the healthcare model that exists. Right uh, in five years, especially, it's kind of a short time. Mm-hmm. What would you like to see? I, I guess I would like, if everybody could be in a, in a Kaiser-type model, you know. In a it, managed care with patient-centered uh, yes. Medical treatment, essentially. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In a place where there's a seamless uh, set of data about you, where they're focusing on making sure you get your preventive care and that you stay on the low end of the risks. I mean, I know that not every place is going to be a staff model, but United is moving in that direction. And, and you know, places where they have ACOs and, and primary care medical homes, continuing to use the technology, telehealth, helping people make sure that they have access. Mental health is a big issue when we're talking mm-hmm. about stress. So um, those are the kinds of things I'd like to see. If I, you know, my dream would be a seamless process for employees that makes it easier, an advocate that can help them navigate the system, particularly when they have a terrible diagnosis like a cancer. Where should they go? How do they get the best care? Um, that, that's where I would like to see the, the effort actually manifest helping employees navigate that system that's priority and we're working on it i can tell you we're advocating for many of those things sherry davidson of the city of alexandria thank you very much for joining us on inside healthcare and before you go want to talk to our uh, listeners about quality talks that's next year You really need to go to our website, qualitytalks.org, and check it out. We've already got several speakers lined up. It is a great event, and I hope you will be there. You know what, Sherry? I hope you will be there because it's a a good event. So thank you for joining us on Inside Healthcare. We'll see you again, no doubt. (music) 